yeah, I don't get it. When I talk to non-Hyperboreans, I can get them to understand, even shed tears to weep for us. And yet I can't get Hyperboreans ourselves to understand what I'm talking about. Yes, and that is the Celtic God, and I am the Lore Keeper, and this is Hyperborean Radio. Hello, all you dirty heathens, and... Uh, don't yeah. forget to buy our merch. Don't forget. Sign up for Patreon. Give us money. Buy us books. Yes. Support us in every way possible. Share us far and wide. Help. All that good stuff. Help fund the kicking of knees of the plastic pagans. I think that's all the plugs that we have to do, the Teespring, yeah. the Patreon. Oh, and feel uh, free to books. pick up a copy of Wilder Times, The, the Veil oh, is yeah, Thinning. Oh, yeah, this is perfect time of the year for that because Thinning of the Veil is coming up. Yep. And coincidentally, that's the name of the book. Oh, yeah. That's it's the... a soft-covered book. It might be mistaken as a magazine, but no, it's a soft-covered book with many uh, topics in it from mm-hmm. there's... Like your your first childhood trial or what should be the first tri- childhood trial known as the haunted house. Oh, yes. Uh, we've also got stuff on witches and werewolves and all that good Halloween and thinning of the veil stuff. But today's subject is, is spawned actually from real life conversations you've been having where you've been able to get non-Hyperboreans. So mm-hmm. like Amera Blacks, Vietnamese just people that aren't us various to, mesoamericans yeah to understand what who and what we are yeah and to the point where they actually get angry at society on behalf of me well not uh, just it's, it's like for the entirety of our people but i know it's because of me because i i i impressed upon them so strongly and they know that i love our people so much that they become offended by society on behalf of me well, and not just society at large, but uh, there's a specific dislike on their behalf, on on your behalf, but they start to experience it for other pagans. Yes. Because they understand that you're pagan, but you're not one of the Wiccans. You're not one of the Ragnar Viking wannabes. You're, you are more solid than that. And Which they, is the word that they use to describe as solid, or the Asians will use the word balanced. That's kind of the thing that I, I want to focus on is the fact that other races cannot only understand when we explain what our stuff is. Like, they don't fully get it, and they actually get to the point where they understand they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't work for them. It is specific to us. Yeah. But also the f- fact that once they've experienced talking to someone who's an actual pagan, they actually get offended at all this LARPing nonsense. Mm-hmm. Because everybody instinctively knows most of these people are playing. Right. Well, and how was it the... Uh well, both a man and a woman worded it was um, our people are so lost and we don't even know that that we're lost. And again, it's because how was it they put it? It's because I'm so solid they can then see the contrast, but they never noticed it before because they're not our people because they themselves are not our people. So they just they're like, oh, OK, well, these people are weird. Well, it's one of those things that we always bring up is that each of the races of man are different. Mm hmm. As a result, they don't fully get us, but because they have themselves to contrast to, they can more notice certain things that we take for granted. Yeah. And, well, and they've noticed that there's certain things that we do that doesn't seem to really correlate with who it is that that we seem to be. Like, they've noticed our people all want to be good and heroic. But then we turn around and do these fucked up things. And being on the outside looking in, they can't figure out why. And really, being on the inside, I get why, but I don't understand why. 
Well, basically, it's something we've brought up is one of the ways they've allowed people to turn against their own people, made mm -hmm. our people attack our own, is by convincing them that their own people are the villains of this age. Mm -hmm. Well, and um, uh, one of the conversations I was telling you about that I had was actually coming right out and telling them, I view us as completely separate species. We have a shared shape. We are all species of man, but completely different species. And some of them at first are like, oh, oh my goodness. And others are, are like, oh, wow, finally somebody said it. Oh, yeah, like they actually breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. And some are confused, you know, like, well, what do you mean different species? And now just, and there's no hatred involved, no anger. It's just, uh, I'll explain to them convergent evolution in a really short manner. I'm like, it's, it's like two different birds. They're not the same bird, but they look the same. Oh, and there's a and lot of birds. And then they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Convergent evolution. It's, these are two completely separate things that evolve to have a shared shape. It's odd because once they realize that you think that way, because a lot of them do, too, mm -hmm. they just don't say it because they know it's social suicide in yeah. our countries for the most part. Then they start having conversations like, why do, why do your people do this? Why do your people do that? Exactly. That's exactly what it opens up. And the thing is, is being non-accusatory and non, um, I forgot the, the next word, but being non-accusatory in that statement and explain to them like, uh, you know, I don't force these conversations. They come up organically. But I explain, like, our species, we have two completely different species, but that doesn't mean individuals cannot be friends. Like, a tiger and a bear can be friends, but they will, they're two completely different things. So, yes, I can be friendly to you, you can be friendly to me, but in general, I don't give a shit about the entirety of your race. Well, it's like Legolas and Gimli. That's usually the easy That's, example to go to. Which I have actually worked that into some of the conversations to get them to be like, oh, okay, now I get it. Because lots of people have watched those movies. Well, and because once that's established that we're completely different, because even before the whole different races of man thing comes up, the other races do judge us based on the white people they've met, the yeah. Hyperboreans they've met. So We they've all met, represent each other, whether we want to or not. Yes, we have a responsibility to each other. And especially the more specific your group, your niche, the more responsibility is on you because they might you might be the first one they've ever met. Like when people meet me and they realize I'm pagan and I don't have as much of an effect as you, but they start to understand it's not what they thought it was. Mm -hmm. You can actually kind of see their opinion of it twist a little bit. Well, and there, there's... Uh... One lady I was talking to, she became my best friend. Her name is Miss Trang. Yes, she's Asian. And why did she become my best friend at work? Because I had the balls to walk up to her and ask her a question no one else dared ask. Where are you from, Miss Trang? And she answers straight away. She says, Vietnam. And I say, oh, I was, you didn't give me a chance to guess. But yes, I, I would have guessed Vietnam, Cambodia, something like that. But I wasn't sure. But I knew for a fact that you're not Southern Korean, Northern Korean, Southern Chinese, Northern Chinese, or Japanese. She says, how did you know that? And then I proceed to go through and explain the different faces that they have. She was so excited that I could tell the difference between the different types of Asians. Because like the, um, I started with the Japanese. Japanese have, have a tendency to have narrower, more angular faces than the other Asians. The Koreans have a similar shape face, 
but it's softer. So not quite as angular. South Chinese, they have moon faces, and it's not just around from cheek to cheek. It's from front to back. Yeah, the moon pie face. It's literally a moon pie face. And then you have the northern Chinese who are nearly as tall as white people, but their skin is more pale, and their faces are flatter. And I don't, I don't exactly know how to describe it since you can't see my hands, but they have a completely different face. And she, yeah, she was so excited. Well, and the the East Asians are very adamant that the Southeast Asians are completely different. Oh yeah, they view them. themselves as completely different groups. They're not even sure that they're the same same they, race. Yeah, they're not even sure that, or if it's convergent or divergent evolution. They yeah. just know they're they're very they're different, very different now, and that's all that they care about. They don't care how they got to be different. They just care that they are different. Well, and the Vietnamese woman, and they the, don't like each other. No, by the way. I, I've talked to a lot of Asians, and yes, I know that there's somebody out there sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-uh, I don't think so. No, I've talked to a lot of Asians. In general, they don't like each other. The Koreans don't like the Southern Chinese. The Southern Chinese don't like the Japanese. The Japanese don't like the Northern Chinese. It's a big thing. They don't like each other. No, and actually, that's something that people have mocked, like Disney, for instance. They're like, we'll cast an Asian in the Star Wars yeah, film. Yeah, all Asians the are the same. That's why the Asians get pissed off about stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, because they cast, like, I think she was a Vietnamese actress. Mm-hmm. The Chinese hate the Vietnamese. Well, and something that was interesting, too, was she was like, oh, it's exciting because there's a white guy that can tell the difference between the different Asian groups. And then she realized she can't tell the difference between different white groups. No, most so of them So she can't. started asking me questions. About that, like, how can she tell the difference between a Germanic from a, a Scandinavian, from a Celt, from a Mediterranean? And then that's a loaded question, because which Celt? Yeah, yeah. Which Germanic? Which Scandinavian? Oh, she, I gave her information overload. But she did come to realize there is a difference between us, even though we're, it's not the same approach that they have. Well, like, you look very stereotypically Irish. You've got mm-hmm. the, the very bulky build, the round head, the sort of yeah, fairy Yeah, the bulky nose. type of, of uh, Irishman, because there's two types. There's the, the kind that's built like a toothpick, and then there's the kind that's built like a boulder. And then I'm kind of almost stereotypically alpine. I've got the brownish, rust-colored hair with a very thick, curly beard. I'm tall, broad, uh, aquiline nose. Yeah, you're getting really broad of of chest, narrow of waist. Oh, yeah. As the years go on, I'm getting bigger and bigger. And it's it's hit this sort of runaway train period where no matter what I do, unless I specifically, like, tied myself down like Mm -hmm. a veal calf, I'm going to get bigger. Yeah. Bigger and stronger. And it's really, it's just doing things. Yeah. Hessian genetics for the win. Eat food and do things. Um, One of the biggest bits of wisdom that that I heard out there is (laughs) because you got people saying, no, white people, you got this little waif of a man. No, all white people are supposed to be five foot two and 56 pounds like me. No, no, no. We, We have a broad spectrum. But here's a big secret. If you're having problems gaining weight or losing weight. And I'm going to address the males, but it applies to females, too. The reason why I'm going to address the males is, according to our analytics, what is it, 86% we of have, our audience Most of our male. audience has a Y chromosome, yes. Yes, and they're in their 20s. So if you're, if you're wanting to bulk up and get big as a male, there is a very simple secret. If you want to be a 200-pound man, you have to eat like a 200-pound man. You have to work like a 200-pound man. Yes. Uh, 200, if you want to be a 200-pound man with muscle, you have to not only eat like a 200-pound man, you have to work like one. If you want to be a 300-pound man, that's all muscle. You have to eat like a 300-pound man, 
that works. So if you eat like a 300 pound man, but work like a, like a uh, house cat, you're going to be a 300 pound ball of fat. Oh yeah. There's even a saying for that. Uh, poor fat tomcat resting on the TV who thinks himself good because he has no claws. Yeah. And it, this, but the same thing can be said for, for women. If you want, if you're a 220 pound woman and you want to be a 140 pound woman, eat like a 140 pound woman. Stop eating like a 220 pound woman. That's why you can't lose weight. It's, it's, it's simple. It's brutal. It's the truth. And I'm sure that we just lost a lot of audience. Well, it's kind of like the the last ep, uh, the last podcast that we did ethnic ethnic oh, yeah. path. Yeah, man, I, the 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 overall retention beats um, most uh, mainstream media. But man, you can see the us. dives. We're, yeah. we're used to having really good. Yeah, we're used to having really solid retention. I think it's because we had too much fun. I think so. I, I think people just aren't used to uh, people laughing, joking, having fun, even though we, it was a serious conversation. If you listen to it. Well, it's like people don't seem to understand that there is an irreverence to paganism. And yeah. that's another thing. Is Man, I've had people flip out on me about that. I was telling you about that last night. This is another thing is our people, we're just funny. We love to fuck around. Like, um, I- I've brought this up before because it's one of my favorite Celtic stories. The myth of Conan the Fianna's back hair. And, and I just imagine like a, a bunch of Celts, like you got the young whippersnapper coming up and the, there's this one guy who's like the old salt who's a badass and he turns around and the young guy's like, holy dog does balls, that guy's back is hairy. And one of the old men gets a mischievous grin and he's like, oh, did you not know the story? And yeah. he proceeds to tell how he, he had the back. Runs him a line of shit. Yeah, where his back skin was pulled off and they put sheepskin and then it grew like wool. Right, yeah. And, and it just became a funny story, so they kept telling it. Or like uh, Thor in the wedding dress. Yeah. It literally takes two of the most common tropes in modern Western comedy, the paper-thin disguise and the cross-dressing. These are very common tropes, and they're really funny when they're done together. Right, cross-dressing used to be funny. Oh, yeah. Now, I understand now it's very offensive, but it's because it's thrust in your face, and it's thrust in your face in a serious way. But it used to be the peak of comedy. Well, it's like you put Hugh Jackman with like a full beard uh, and then just put him in pigtails and have him pretend to be a Girl Scout. Yeah. It's funny. (laughs) Yes. I am here to I am an eight year old girl and I am here to sell thinnish mints and other wares. (laughs) Or um, what's one that uh, the people out there of the appropriate age bracket might might have seen more is the old guy, the the obviously old guy wearing the. The T-shirt and the hat on backwards. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, hello, fellow kids. Hello, fellow children. Oh, that was the best scene That's the in that paper whole TV thin, show. That is the paper-thin disguise. It's They're wearing the right thing, but they didn't go through any effort whatsoever. Fake mustache. Yes. Fa- yeah, fake mustache with the, uh, like the little girl usually doing the fake mustache with the finger. Oh. Or pulling the, her hair across, trying to pretend like she has a mustache. That is the paper-thin oh, disguise. Dude. And it's done for... For comedic effect. Oh, yeah. It's funny when they have the fake mustache and he's like, ah, but I am not Rodrigo of Avachez. Right. I am Rodrigo of Barcelona and tears off the mustache and he has an actual mustache underneath the fake mustache. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, <gasps> <laughs> well, something that uh, that drives me crazy to touch back on on what we opened with was when I say things to the, the Asian person like I am apathetic. To your race, to to your species, I don't care. There is room open where you and me can be friends, but in general, I don't care. 
they get it. Why is it our own people don't? Well, I think it's because we simply don't understand our own people. Like we were talking about specifically our women a while ago, and we were talking about how it helps to think of our women like she-wolves. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants our women to be these pretty ethereal beings walking through the wheat grass, just singing. Oh, wow, that is bad Nazi. <laughs> I know. But, uh, hey, I, I got the white chromosome. I can't do the ethereal singing. But everyone forgets that all these ethereal beings in um, Hyperborean myth, they're the most dangerous beings. Yeah. Like, it, it's actually a joke we've said before. Uh, you want to know how dangerous a Hyperborean creature is? How pretty is it? Yeah. The uglier it is, the more likely it's going to be like, I have a flower for you. Right, yeah. That, and it's it's true when you look back our, at our old mythology. Usually the... The uglier the troll, the nicer horrifi- it is. Yeah. The more horrifying it is to behold, the more likely it is to feed you, clothe you, pat you on the back, mend you, and then send you on your way. However, if it's absolutely beautiful, the odds of it gutting you and wearing you like a skin suit goes, goes way up. up. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it even makes it into, like, uh, Looney Tunes cartoons mm-hmm. because, like, the, the horrific creatures that get Bugs Bunny and they're like, I will pet him and love him and I will call him George. Yes. The abominable, abominable bull, 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 snowman. Yes. But it's people need to remember how to have fun. And that's another thing that. Well, be- and that, that's part of representing our people, too, is the ability to have fun. I don't understand this obsession with thinking our ancestors were sticks in the mud. It doesn't do us any favors. I know where it comes from. It's from Discovery Channel. It's from History Channel. It's from all these documentaries. They show our ancestors, and they I forget what the, the filter is that they put on, but it's all dark and gray and slightly blue. And it, It's kind of like with Mexico. Anything shot in Mexico is done with the, what is that, the sepia? Oh, yeah, it's sepia, uh, and they, they film it in a desert, despite the fact that that's just, like, the northern strip of Mexico. Yeah, and it's a very small section forest, of Mexico. Everything south of that. Except I think there's, like, a desert again on part of the Yucatan, but that's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, it, but most of Mexico is green. It, but when they film Mexico, even when they film in the green parts, they put that filter on it. And I think part of that, and then the other part with all those shows, the documentaries, the the reenactment, so on and so forth. They also have the actors acting very stern and very solemn, which we are stern and solemn, but we're also irreverent as fuck. Oh, yeah. It's just the way that we are. Well, you have to have both because if you're all one or all the other, it's like all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. All play and no work makes Jack a mere toy. Yes. So we have to be able to have fun. We have to also still be stern. We can't be one or the other. We have to be both. It's about balance. On the note of, like, the Mexican thing, because the way they're portrayed is, like, there are all these poor people shivering in huts in the desert, and they just don't know how to take care of themselves, and they can't build anything. There's no water anywhere. We're starving over here. And then they come north looking for a better life. It's a story. And then the Mexican government perpetuates it. Mm-hmm. And then the Mexicans. Well, yeah, because I've told you, I've talked to people that's lived on that northern border of Mexico. And if they try building nice things, the government comes along and tears it down because it goes against the image that they want. Not the American government to know because the American government knows the truth, but it goes against what they want the American citizens to see. Well, and that's because you'll run into Mexicans that perpetuate that nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then you'll run into Mexicans. that are like, oh, no, it's you, you get. Oh, past yeah, they that get actually offended. offended by it. And they're well, like, no, it's green. And there's farm fields and there's forests everywhere. 
And then I'm like, why are you here? Money. Oh, yeah. And, and a lot of them, their goal is, that, well, there's two types. There's the Reconquista, and then there's the ones that just want to make money and go back home. And some of them are running from cartels. Oh, yeah, three types, basically. Yeah, so three types. But that story, it's it's another example of the powers that be, let's go with that term, are have constructed a story that you can either perpetuate, as some Mexicans do, or you mm-hmm. can combat. And the story is not accurate. It's a lot like paganism. Because mm-hmm. even to this day, I forget how much most people, when they hear the word pagan, they think nude people covered in human sacrifice blood praying to a goat that they fuck. Yeah, it, it's absolutely... Or at best, at best, hail Odin, Vikings, Valhalla, ride a pterodactyl. Right. Ride a pterodactyl. Well, and it's like if um, if you believe all these stereotypes put out, every holiday that we have, we're it's, supposed to sacrifice the shit out of humans. Everything that we do, we have to kill somebody. Yeah, because well, that's what all the all the all the uh, historians say. Oh, dude, smash plates on the ground, human sacrifice. Wear flowers in your hair, human sacrifice. Get on a boat, human sacrifice. Everything is human sacrifice to these people. And it's because our people are repulsed by it. So if every European custom descends from human sacrifice... We stop doing it. Yes. And that's partly why there's so much responsibility on not just our race, but the pagans specifically. Specifically us. We have to show what what ethnic faith really is and make people look up to us. And here's the thing, through experimentation, real-life experimentation, you can even get the non-whites to look up to us, and because they look up to us, the other whites want to be like us because they just want people to look up to them. They want to be the hero. The the white people that I've interacted with, at first, they're all standoffish and, you can't say that, you can't do that, you're just a meanie bobini. But then I don't bow to their pressure. I'm like, well... Screw you then. And then I'll go off and I'll talk to other people and do my thing. And I'm just me. And then the, all the non-whites are walking up and pat me on the back and giving me hugs and hey, 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 and stand there and trying to talk to me, get my attention. That makes all the other whites then want that attention and realize they can behave like me. Well, it's something that we've actually noticed is because you'll get a bunch of weak not vulnerable. I want to make that very clear as well. Yeah, there's a difference between weak and vulnerable. Vulnerable I- is like sick old young uh young children basically they can't fight back Mm -hmm. weak is like worm tongue from uh lord of the rings Mm -hmm. you don't trust them weakness is a choice yes vulnerability is a state of being yeah and the strong i don't care what the what the the phrase is the strong do not protect the weak we protect the vulnerable if they're weak we let them die Yes. If they're vulnerable, then we protect them. Well, and it's it's something we've been talking about a lot, which is our people are slowly diverging evolution. Mm-hmm. There's this point where some of us are basically becoming chihuahuas, and the others are trying to get back to wolves. Mm-hmm. And in a- actuality, because you had a dog that was so tough that it was like a super wolf, uh, yeah. Fifi. Fifi. Yeah, I named him Fifi. Well, yeah, because what do you, what do you name a very terrifying dog? Wh- uh, Whiskers was probably taken. Yes. Well, Whiskers sounded too too much like a cat, and he would not answer to it. Yes. So you went with Fifi. Yep. He would answer to Fifi. But we have the potential to basically become the Grim, to become just absolute beasts of men, mm-hmm. or we can become itty bitty chihuahuas. Yeah. And you can actually see it—the weakening of the people. Oh, dude. Yeah. It is. It is our responsibility to try and help our people get to the Grim. You can't force anybody. Just like you nope. can't force anybody to. That's why go conversion back to itself doesn't work. Inspiration works. But you can't. We can't actually convert anybody because that 
conversion is a false statement. Well, they and, have to actively embrace it, which is done through inspiration. Well, and once you've gone Chihuahua, I don't know if there's a way to go full back because at that point, it's like they can't. Because I've seen some people that have gotten right up to the edge of Chihuahua. It's like they physically and mentally and spiritually can't understand paganism anymore. Well, it's and that kind of ties into the other thing that's kind of been freaking you out since I pointed it out. The hippie face. Oh, yeah. I think that was part of the start of really trending towards the the, the Chihuahuafication. Mm-hmm. Is you can see the weakness. Like if you, I don't think we're the only people that have noticed this. You can see it on a lot of the older people, the boomers. and yeah, even It's like they have the same face. Yes, and it's all this weak, smug face. Mm-hmm. Like they think they're better than everyone else, but they secretly know they're not. And it doesn't matter if they're skinny, muscular, fat. It's the same face, like literally the same shape. It's crazy. It's like an NPC that the uh, that the computer programmer put in too many times. Oh, yeah, it's like they're... Well, we've brought this up before. There are people who have the doll's eyes the npc look and they're basically hollows mm-hmm. it's like their soul has been hollowed out uh and then there's people that have become the chihuahua which is like the people that get the hippie face right. the people and then the people that spawn from the people that get the hippie face because there is always that option to course correct right but if you go full chihuahua i don't think there's anything back right but the chihuahua and the hippie face uh they're related but i don't think that they're actually caused by the s- exact same syndrome no it's because i've seen chihuahuas that don't look that doesn't have the hippie face by the hippie face i mean like look up the stereotypical hippie just type in hippie uh, or old hippie and then you'll get that face and it's the same face over and over and over and over again i see it on so many people and they all have the same attitude like they're they're superior even though they know that they're not well and if the chihuahua and angry they're just so angry Oh, yeah. Well, it's like they, they hate everyone around them, and they think they're better, but they know they're not, so they're scared. It's the weirdest yeah, look. Yeah, it's, it's anger and fear and disappointment and superiority and all this just sickness wadded up into the same person, and I think it comes out in their face. It's what well, we've brought this it's up. It's both before. mesmerizing and horrifying at the same time. It's something we've been bringing up, which is when you get older, it's like your soul starts to come forth. Yeah. Because you've met like beautiful old women and Mm -hmm. you see pictures of when they were young and they were homely. Yeah. Like they actually got more beautiful as they aged. Yeah. Which is rare. Yes. But but that's also a rare type of woman. Oh, yeah. To be so good that they actually get more beautiful with age. Because a lot of it is mentality. And we've seen them. But a lot of people seen them even if they haven't noticed them. But they're there. If you look around, once you know that exists and once you see it, you can't. It's like almost everything else that we talk about. Once you notice it, once you see it, you cannot unsee it. No, you you can't. I mean, it's it's actually starting to freak me out, the hippie face, Mm -hmm. because now that I can see it, I see it all over the place. And it's like freaking. Well, and you had the advantage of me being able to point at one. Yeah, and now that I've seen it and I know what it looks like, I'm just like. I see a hundred of them every day. Well, it's like the. the they live glasses but without the glasses so i can't turn it off (laughs) and the thing is is there's the female version of that too it's like the karen it's it's like the karen face except for it's not the karen face but it's like the karen face you can see them coming from 300 yards away you can feel it in the air as they near you well and people will get kind of like well karen is a mean word i'm like i don't care because they exist it's like calling someone a bitch yeah. Or uh, an asshole. Yeah, all, all, all we did was 
take calling calling these females bitches and cunts, and not, we changed it to Karen. Well, that's well, it. What we basically did was pull a Jiminy Cricket instead of a Jesus Christ with the, yeah. the insult. We made yeah, it that was socially it. acceptable to call someone a cunt. Yeah, we just changed and, the name. and that's it. And the thing is, is they are they're cunts. They know that they're cunts. They nu- they nurture this this the cuntiness. Cunt, cunt, cunt. Yes. There's a reason this is the uncensored podcast. Yes. And the thing is, really, there is no better word for it. That's, no. that's what they are, and it shows on their face. It shows in their demeanor. Everything about them screams what they are. So to go back to the hippie guy, uh, which is not the same. What is it, a Kevin and a Karen or something like that? I think that? it's a Kevin. These are the two separate groups, but you can see them coming. Then you have the freaking hippie face. There is the, the male version and the female version. And they all morph into the same person. It is fucking insane once you see it. Oh, yeah. And then you have hollows. Because we've actually seen Oh, yeah. Seen the this. hollows with the dead eyes. Well, like uh, we used to occasionally watch the Tim Pool show. Right. And he has a uh, recently Catholic, formerly libertarian, now tyrannical And friend. I remove his Irish card and his last name doesn't. Uh, I think his last name is Irish anyways. I think it's Scottish. But uh, he, I, I don't want to name, name names because I freaking other, hate right? e-drama. But. Basically, you can see it as he goes more Catholic. It's like he's being oh, hollowed dude, yeah. out. Like something just stuck a straw in him and started his sucking His eyes are soul. literally more sunken now than when he's... It's, it's like they're dying. Yeah. He's dying while not dying. And, and, yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. Once you learn how to see this stuff, again, you cannot unsee it. Well, basically, we start each podcast usually with the idea of we want the dirty heathens, mm-hmm. the salt of the earth people, the barbarians at heart. And it's because... These are the people that are willing to withstand the onslaught of hollows, chihuahuas, Karens, and the hippie face they live people. Because there's a lot of them among our own people, and it's pretty bad. And it's our responsibility to show that our people as a whole, to ourselves, to the other races, are not these people. And the worst part, the worst part, is especially thanks to the New Age hippie movement, there are a lot of those hippie faces in the pagan yeah. sphere and they make us all look bad they do which is why we have to actually be exempt exemplary so exemplary that like the the non-whites that i was talking about before they don't want to be like me they want more of our people to be like me blunt honest open friendly innocent. but still uh, yeah innocent naive in a way but harsh incredibly harsh they know that i'm harsh and i am brutal but so long as they don't cross these lines, I am very kind and, and protective. I mean, it, it's like little Miss Trang. She's she's like my pet now. <laughs> well, that's like uh, Martin Lesis, the the strong. Oh yeah, the, man. The, uh, he's um, one of the, he's his one pet of the, monkey. Oh yeah, he's got a, a Southeast Asian friend. He's from that group that like the Laotians and the, mm-hmm. the Vietnamese are from. He he actually looks like a pet. Oh, and he acts like it. He acts like the, the, the friend when it's them and this particular group. But as soon as Martin gets around these other giants, all of a sudden he starts acting like the well, pet. Well, you can be friends with other species. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to demean the guy. Oh, no. it, it He's trying to be friendly is what it is. Well, it's a reality that I think people forget is that because we're different species, mm-hmm. you can be friends on an individual level, but like... All of the Saharan African, Sub-Saharan Africans, and all of the Germans are not going to be friends. But Hans and Nagumbo, they might get along. They might even open up a food truck together. Right. But Nagumbo and Hans are not going to be friends with all of Nagumbo's people or all of Hans's people. Well, and let's be honest. 
nobody hates Germans quite as much as a German does. Oh, yeah. Nobody hates Sub-Saharans quite the way Sub-Saharans hate Sub-Saharans. Oh, no. Uh, the reality is it's like wolves. Nobody fights wolves like other wolves. Yeah. Nobody or, f- or chimps fight, fight chimps. Oh, or, yeah. It doesn't matter what the animal is. Rats fighting well, rats. Well, fighting another species is, unless they're a race of man, it's not really war. And even when we fight other races of man, it's it's not the same level of war when we fight each other. Right. What do you call fighting another species? Hunting. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, pretty much you can look at every war from the Napoleon War to now. And how have we fought them? And who was we fighting? Because it's, it, it's they're very well documented, so it's easy to see. How were we fighting each other versus how were we fighting, say, the Japanese? Or fighting the Africans in Africa? And which Africans were we fighting? Were we fighting Afrikaners or were we fighting Africans? How did we treat those? Oh, yeah, we were far, far more brutal with the Afrikaners. Like when the English, I think it was, went mm-hmm. into South Africa, far more brutal with the white settlers that were already there than like the Bantu tribes. Yeah, uh, we are the most brutal with our own people. Well, and it's because it's it's a war between wolves. There is no taking prisoners. There is no mer- there, there is no mercy. There is simply the fight. Right, and there should be. There should be the opportunity with each other to to be accepted into the group. But the thing is, is if they're not going to, then you it's just a natural, a natural thing. We just won't allow them to exist if they won't become part of our group or we weaken each other down to the point where there is no no victory. And then at that point, we just stop fighting. Well, and that's something else I want to get into is if we don't take responsibility and start bettering ourselves and the pagan sphere at large, our people, period, we will suffer a fate worse than death because... Our people are a very warlike, very noble race of people. If we become these Chihuahua people, all of our history will be for naught. That is a fate worse than death. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like that one post I did, uh, no absolution. Because this seems to be a thing a lot of people are worried about. Well, in my past, I did these bad things. I don't care what the bad things are. In, in my past, I did these bad things. How can I ever overcome that? You're not going to get absolution. There is no absolution in ethnic faith. But what there is, is you own that. You don't do that again. You make yourself stronger, more brave, more wise. And you rise to the occasion. And and we're guild, I guess. You you perform we're guild. And there is nobody that you can just hand money over to. No, you owe it to the entirety of your race and yourself to be the best version of yourself to overshadow the naughty things that you did before, and I don't care what they were. Well, and in Hyperborean ethnic faith, naughty things are moments of weakness. Yes. Because it's another good quote I picked it up recently, which is, don't be sorry, be better. Right. That, that's it. Well, you've seen me. I lose my shit when people are like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The more times that they say that they're sorry, the angrier I become. Well, weakness is unacceptable in paganism. It is a, uh, it is disgust. Like that whole meme that people share around where it's like, go home, your weakness disgusts me. Yeah. That is a very pagan attitude. And the thing is, I understand you can be apologetic. You can be sorry about a thing that you that you did. But begging forgiveness? No. All I want you to do is be better and don't do that again. Well, and it this comes back to the concept we've been bringing up of old speak. Trying to revive the language in its 
what it, what it actually is. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about going from English to Anglish. I'm merely talking about keeping it from becoming this new speak nonsense. Right. Well, like why does fr- why why do most people when they hear the word friend immediately jump to the word lover? Oh yeah. Why and, when somebody hears the word mad do they immediately jump to the word angry? Well, it's like uh, you were actually talking to the same Amara blacks that you were talking to about our ethnic faith. And they were like, well, no, friend's not corrupted because I can tell someone that this guy over here is my homie and they understand we're friends. But you can't use friend to say you're friend. You have to use homie now. Right. That's the corruption of the language. It's also like. And I know young people because a lot of young people are in the middle of it unless they've explored older. And the thing is, you don't even have to back up too much because I was even talking to um, some people that speak Spanish and they're like, yes, same things happen in Spanish. And it, most of it seems to be within the last couple of decades. So all you have to do really to see this corruption and how quickly it's transitioned is just back up a couple decades. And how was the word friend used? How was the word, uh, I don't know, mad used? Uh, pick a word and start exploring the older definitions of these words. It's not antiquated. There's a reason why they're mushing all these words together. It's it's like the Slavic language. Watching um, videos, like one of them that I watch, it's a news channel, and he puts the translations down there, and I can see the Slavic language is so fucked. They have a hard time understanding each other, even though they're speaking the same language. Well, sometimes uh, in the interviews with the Ukrainians or the Russians, he goes, they just straight switch to English. And it's like, because it's easier to communicate. Yeah. Well, and it's another word that's been fricked to high heaven. Apologies. Yeah. Because it used to be if you had to apologize to someone, it was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Like you you would get. It was shameful. You would get down on one knee and you would make a formal apology. There was no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it was, I apologize, and then explain what it is that you're apologizing for, that you swear that you will never do that again, why it is that you're apologizing for doing the thing that you did. So you have to, you had to show that you fully understood and accepted responsibility for your actions. Now it's just a wave of the hand. I'm sorry. No, you're not. No, and it's... You're sorry that you got caught. You're sorry that you hurt somebody's feelings, but you're not sorry, sorry about what you did. sorry that there was backlash. Yeah, you're sorry that there's backlash, that there was a price for the thing that you did. You're not sorry for the thing that you that The thing that you did, you don't even understand what it is that you did, and you don't give a shit what you did. That's why sorry pisses me off so much. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's either a sign of weakness or a sign of smug arrogance. Yeah. I've, I've never seen it any other way. Uh, somebody comes to me and I'm sorry for this. I then initiate because I don't expect them to understand our custom, even if they are us, but they get so confused because I make them explain to me completely what it is that they're sorry about. And they're like, but why, why do I have to have this conversation? Because if you're actually sorry, you understand exactly what you did. Well, and we've noticed that the thing that most terrifies people in the pagan sphere and beyond is the concept of personal responsibility. That there is a personal responsibility to our people, to yourself, and to the group you represent. Like, mm-hmm. in the broader context of the world, I represent Americans. Within America, I represent Midwesterners or Germans. On a more specific level, I represent pagans. I represent myself. I represent the people I associate with. Right. Well, and here's an example. Everybody loves to mock California and Californians. There's a reason for it. 
Oh, yeah, and people are starting to do the same with Texas. People are doing the same with New Yorkers. Exactly. And well, it's because of the individuals. And once you see so many individuals behaving a certain way, you just assume everybody there is that same way. A Texan is representing everybody that lives in Texas. Somebody that lives in California is always representing everybody that lives in, in California. Now, like with Michigan, for instance, there are two, two standards basically standing side by side. There's the city person from Michigan and then the rural person from from Michigan. And I've been around the country and talked to people from all over the place. And they are they basically understand, oh, if they're from the city, they're going to behave this way. If they're from the country, they're going to behave this way. And it's because a lot of people in Michigan understand we are always representing where we're from. We are representing each other. So these are two diametrically opposed uh, views of the world. Well, and I think part of the reason it's so prevalent in Michigan where people understand that you represent each other is the UP versus the LP. That's where it's the most drastic, yeah. The UPers take pride in being a UPer. And yes, that's that's what they call themselves or we call ourselves because I grew up there. And, and there is a, a behavioral standard that is enforced societally. You You have to behave in this way, otherwise we will basically punish you. If you don't meet the standards of being a UPer, you're not a youper. You will be excommunicated at the very least. Well, it used to be people understood you represent your group, whether that's your state, your family, your association, your business, your country, your ethnic group, your tribe, whatever it is. Because it used to be like uh, you can even see this in old books like The Godfather is a good example of this. If you are, are say, an Italian cop in, in The Godfather mm -hmm. and you arrest a bunch of uh, kids you'll probably let the Irish and the German off with a talking to. You beat up the Irish kid a little, uh, not the Irish, the Italian kid yeah, a little if you're, bit. If you're the mob, because, because how there's dare a you make us standard. look bad. Yeah, exactly. Because some people will ask me, well, why are you more lenient with the other races than you are with, with uh, other white people? Because my standard, my expectation level for them is much lower than for other Hyperboreans. My standards are so high, which... Really, they aren't that high, but my standards are so firm for Hyperboreans that they better meet these standards. Oh, yeah. It's like me. When I see uh, people of German descent mm -hmm. who look weak, I'm physically disgusted. Right. Well, okay. Here's an example. My dogs. I don't expect them to pick up their own shit in the yard. However, a human, especially a white human, shitting out in the yard... One, why are you shitting in the yard? There's a lot of questions. Yeah, there. it's okay for you to piss out there, but why are you shitting in the yard? And two, why are you leaving it where somebody might step in it? Yeah. My expectation level for the the hyperborean is way higher than it is for the dog. And, and that human very well might get punched in the head for shitting in my yard. It's well, like I, I got a perfectly good toilet inside. Go shit in that. Well, if you got to piss, then just don't let anybody see your wee-wee. Well, and it's an insult because, like, uh, it's even something that's made in the modern media. I took a shit on the desk. I took a yeah. shit on the front porch. Yeah, which is why they would get beat. It's, it's a matter of standards, and we need to have high standards for ourselves and for each other, and we need to do what we can to meet them. It doesn't matter what it is that we did before trying to enter the ethnic faith but now that we are entering it we need to take responsibility for ourselves and for each other well and i brought this up on the plastic paganism podcast let's say you're just a fan of the vikings tv show you're allowed to get a stupid ragnar tattoo i don't care yeah but the moment you're a pagan 
well, I'm just going to get a back tattoo of Lagertha because she's hot is not an acceptable yeah, reason to get no a tattoo that's no longer anymore. acceptable. Well, because tattoos mean something in paganism. Yes. And especially because I actually get kind of aggravated when I see people who have a ton of tattoos, especially if they're weak. Mm-hmm. And that's that's uh, art. Artific- uh, we're not even talking about, well, he's weak, bro. He can only he can only power lift 100, 100 pounds. No, no. Wrong kind of weakness. Oh, yeah. There are strong people that have no limbs, and there are weak people that uh, have five-inch muscles just yeah. popping out of their arms. It, it's That didn't make any sense, but I get what you're saying. Yes. I was, I was trying there. But um, it's something that I think people, like, for instance, it, you, this actually extends into physical traits. Mm-hmm. Because, like, beards for men. The hipsters, for a while, ruined facial hair because they looked so weak and had such full beards and then they would overly trim it and groom it like a fucking poodle Mm -hmm. and you end up making all bearded men look weak like oh are you part of the hipster movement yeah or uh bald baldness baldness because so many people have it look pathetic because they're pathetic people bald heads look weak but baldness psychologically has the effect of effectively accenting whatever is going on. So if right. we're strong, the bald head it actually makes you look stronger, stronger, yeah. more intimidating, more manly. If you're weak and pathetic, it makes you look more weak and pathetic. Well, it's like Bruce Willis versus um, the Dean from Community. Both of these people have bald heads. One looks tough. One looks weak. Yeah. It's an accent. Yeah, actually, that's a good way to, to, to put it. And it makes it so that there's nothing to hide behind. Oh, yeah, it takes it strips away. So if you're weak, a bald head makes you look that much more weak. If you are strong, it makes you look that much more strong. Mm-hmm. Well, and beards are the same way and et cetera, et cetera. There are so many things that ex- accent who is on the inside. Well, don't judge a book by the cover, bro. No, judge the book by the cover. Oh, yeah, we, we've started to realize that. Like, uh, if you have a almost instinctive hatred of someone and you have no idea why... Chances are you've got some kind of weird blood grudge. And it's there for a reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I've tried to overpower that with, like, certain groups. I always get fucked over. Always. Somehow, someway, I always get fucked over. I always regret giving them a second chance. And I'm still, I'm still. Well, a second chance and a third chance and a sixth chance. Well, and I still, I'm still, I'm not, I don't treat anybody who's in that group immediately negatively, but I've got my guard up now. Right. Because I expect to get fucked over. Yeah, it's the same way for me where. There is room for this individual to get close to me, but the overall group, much less so. And the thing is, I'm more wary of them because they are from this group. Well, it's like raccoons. You, you might have a friendly pet raccoon, but then the rest of the raccoons break into your house. They open up all the cabinet doors and they make off with all your food. Well, or like a conservative Californian. And if you really are an actual conservative tribal Californian, you are the exception to the group, but I've met so many of them that claim to be tribal and ethnic and they're conservative and traditional and fuck all this other these other Californians. And then they turn out to be the same thing, just a lesser degree of the same thing. Well, and everything is uh, contrast, which is part of the problem is when the conservative identity is defined as opposition to whatever the left. Well, is. what's that thing uh, uh, Dave Tate said this uh, fits perfectly here. Um, how you, hard or hard how hard you've worked ever in your life is how you measure how hard you work or so, uh, hard work is how uh, is how you measure hard work so, so you can only measure hard work by how hard you've ever worked well it's same with pain yes. you can only measure pain by how much pain you've ever experienced 
Because, like, you've actually talked to old women who actually had to go through rough lives, and they talk about childbirth, and they're like, oh, it, it's just like taking a big shit that you want to keep and show to everybody. Yeah. But other women are like, it's so painful. It hurts so much. It hurts. It like, hurts. Like the woman explained to me how, how much more pain tolerance a woman has than a man, and then she gets stung on the finger, screams, spins around in a circle, and runs face first into the tree that's right behind her from a bee sting. Immediately after telling me how much more pain tolerance a woman has than a man yeah i'm like have you never been hurt before yeah she obviously hasn't well and that makes all women look bad it does well and it's part of and and the thing is i know most women aren't like that and guys out there listening most women aren't to that extreme no that's although there is a disproportionate level of them that are currently but here's here's another thing there's a difference between a male and a man the same thing stands true between a female and a woman. Most of these women out there, it's, it's uh, what's that called? Uh, stolen valor. Same as most men out there. They're not men. It's stolen valor. They're claiming a name that does not belong to them. Well, it's like people say there's 14-year-old there's men and there's 40-year-old boys. Yes. It's the same with women. Yes. There are 40-year-old girls and 14-year-old women. Yes. And, and yeah, it's it, that's a whole other podcast to get into that. But it is a... It is a true thing, and it is part of representing your group to make the people want to be you and to respect you. So if they can't be in your group, like, say, um, a Hyperborean and the Asian, the Asian admires this Hyperborean because he is so strong or she is so strong and smart and blah, 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 and admires them in much the same way that they might, might admire the strength of a tiger. They know that they can't be the tiger. They don't want to be the tiger, but, man, they admire that strength. But all the other tigers want to be like that tiger. So in this example, the Hyperborean is the tiger from the Asian's view. Siberian tigers for yes, the win. Yes, the Siberian tigers. They're the badass of the tiger family. You want to be that person that the outside group can admire. And they're like, man, that dude is or woman is everything that that group should be. That is the pinnacle. Well, it's of like uh, Miyamoto Masashi for the Japanese. Yes. He is impressive. Or uh, I think it's Lu Bo or whatever for the Chinese. Uh, yeah, I think Lu Bao. But I think. like they're, they're oh, no, they legendary got warrior badass. B-A-O anyways is his last name. Um, but yes, it, it, they're badasses of that group. And we can admire them, but we shouldn't want to be like them. No. It should be, we should be looking, saying that is a badass. Why are not more of that group like him? Oh, yeah. It's like there's uh, Mesoamericans, and the Mesoamericans get plenty of shit. Mm-hmm. But... There's a famous Mesoamerican that makes the rounds on the internet every once in a while. He was a badass uh, rebellion leader or whatever. Anyway, they cut off his hands as punishment for something he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to get back at, I think they claim it was the Spanish. I don't know the story fully. He put swords as his hands. So from then on, he had blades for hands mm-hmm. so he could fight still. And that was just a badass moment. Right. Even if he couldn't actually use them. This the sentiment is there, and yeah, it's it's a moment of badassery, and it's something where it's like, why are not more of them like that? But from themselves, it's I want to be like that. So be the person that other people they cannot help help themselves. They might even hate you for it because there are hyperboreans that absolutely hate me, but they respect me. Well, They're like l- I hate you because you make when I look at you, I realize what I am not. Well, yeah, you've even had people try to hold you up as, like, the example of the best Christian. Like, this is a good Christian man, yeah. and you're like, you have no idea what you just said. Right. 
but you do that. You hold yourself to a high standard, and as a result, you make you are a good example for paganism. And it's the same with all of us. We have to be willing to be that example. We have to be willing to improve. Because, like, these last few years for me have been a constant uphill struggle. Because I understood a few years ago that the trajectory I was on, I was going to grow up to be a very weak person. Right. Well, and here's something that you used to do. You used to beat yourself up all the time for, I'm, I'm weak for this and I'm weak for that. You beating yourself up for that, did that ever help? No, or, or it didn't. It helped when you stopped doing that and being like, rather than focusing on, I'm bad because I'm weak because, I don't know, I eat potato chips. Instead, you just don't eat potato chips. And then when you do eat a potato chip, you're like, yes, I have chosen to eat a potato chip. I'm not eating a potato chip just because I can't help myself. Yeah, don't don't do what I used to do. I'm glad I quit doing that because now when now you just mentioned that, I'm just thinking about like the people that like are eating a whole carton of ice cream and they're putting in their mouth like I'm just so bad. I'm so bad. I'm right. such a bad. Stop doing that. Stop. Stop being the the. I don't have a good word for it. There's there's so many internet words, but I hate them all. So just don't be a freaking weakling. And don't focus on that. No, be- it doesn't help anything. It's actually counter. It's yeah. counterproductive. Yeah. The thing I I don't want people to take away from this conversation that oh I'm so weak I should just quit. No. Decide. You know what? I'm gonna be strong because I want to be. You know, the great grim hound pagan. I don't want, I want to be the wolf, the bear, the Siberian tiger, the wild boar. I don't want to be the, the, the fat pig, the house tomcat with no claws. I don't want to be the circus bear. I don't want to be the chihuahua. And you don't get strong by focusing on weakness. You get strong by focusing on strength. I do this thing right. I am going to do more of this thing. Oh, I did this thing wrong. Let me see if I can figure out how to do it right. Oh, okay, that's that's doing it right. I will keep doing that. Precisely. It's like our gods are examples of strength. The Morrigan, Brigid, Hala, Thor. Well, and there's there's another thing, too, and you hear it all the time from weak people. Why did you do that? I don't know. I don't know. It was just reflection. Have self-awareness yes. enough to know why you did something. Perfect. You took exactly where I was going with it. It's self-awareness and conscious choices. Make conscious choices. Even if you do... Okay. Potato chips are horrible for me. I'm using potato chips just because I'm looking at some potato chips and I got some in the, the cupboard that I want to eat. Uh, uh, yeah, anyways, I'm just using potato chips as a random example. It doesn't matter. I'm so weak because I eat potato chips. The conscious choice to make, to eat potato chips, and I'm going to eat potato chips because I want potato chips, and one, two, three, okay, I don't actually want potato chips anymore. You still got two-thirds of your potato chips is a better choice than mindlessly eating a bag of potato chips. Oh, yeah. Don't just, like, open it up and then Oh, I want potato chips and consume the whole bag. No, consciously eat each individual one, which is part of the training, right? And eventually you don't have to do that. But if potato chips is your, your addiction, you consciously eat each one. You make the choice to eat each one. You will actually end up eating less of them than if you just mindlessly consume them. Well, it's actually one of the big problems with snack foods is not snack foods. It's the fact that people will sit down, watch TV or whatever they're watching, and just eat away at it until it's gone. And they don't even they don't even taste it. It's yeah. just it's like you might as well have a tube and just put sludge down it. Yeah, it, it's just caloric mush. It, yeah, it's just an action that they're doing mindlessly, doing with with no thought. Uh, it's um like training you and you 
used to run over and grab a bag of garbage, whatever it happened to be. You start eating it. I never once made a comment about what it was. Never made a comment about how much. I would make the comment on, are you eating that because you're hungry or, or because, because you want, want to? to? Well, and it's actually another thing is... And it makes a huge difference, does it not? Oh, Are yeah. you doing it because you're hungry or because you want to? Well, and when I was weaker, when I was weaker, I actually feared eating too much because I was terrified of, the, I'm going to eat too many calories. Right. But then you'd end up, because of that very fear, end up eating too much. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's the mindset. And I was, I, I mentioned earlier, and I was on my eating. way. Oh, yeah. I was on my way to going full Chihuahua yeah. when I was in my early 20s. I am so glad I course corrected. And here's the thing is when you actually start training, first of all, two things happen. One, you stop fearing calories because calories become your friend. Well, they're fuel. They're fuel. They, you start viewing food as fuel. Number two, you actually start to taste things differently. Like the mass processed crud. It makes me ill even thinking about eating it because, mm -hmm. and that's just from training. It's not because I taught myself that it's because like eating the nummy, nummy candy bars it doesn't really mean anything. You start to want real food. So you can still eat, you know, the sweetie num-nums. Right, but, but in the end, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be food. It can be TV. It can be video games. It doesn't matter what the thing is. So it's the conscious decisions. It's become an example to yourself and to the people around you. Well, it's the core responsibility as an individual. You always represent your group. And there's multiple groups you always represent. But remember, you every bit of identity you have when you interact with anyone else you are representing that group it is a firm responsibility and especially for hyperboreans for pagans we have to take that back because there's a good hundred years now of people just going off in left field being silly as frick right. with it and we have to put our foot down and be like no this isn't a bunch of larping dress up it's a serious actual ethnic faith with a rich tradition well, and I'm going to give a prop to anybody that made it to the end uh, because we're right here at the tail end. I'm going to give props to the people that actually listen all the way through. You are examples of what more people should be simply because you can listen all the way through. This is you might not think it's it's a skill that it's an ability, but it is. Most people cannot do that. Most people cannot make it through a three-minute video, let alone an hour-long podcast where there's not all the distraction going on. Bravo to you. And apparently, you guys know how to laugh a little bit. You have to be able to laugh. It's okay. That's for all the super seriousness with the, I forget what that filter is, uh, where they show our ancestors and everything is dark and dingy and blue. Some people think that's stoicism. No, no, that's not. Their, that filter is to make it look depressive. Our people are not always that. As a matter of fact, our people are rarely that. Depression is a part of our state, but it is not a constant state. No, I mean. That's why we have the ability to laugh. We, stoicism is, basically that's what we was talking about with the food. Uh, using that as an example is stoicism. The, con the conscious, conscious choice. Yeah, the conscious choice to eat the potato chip. The conscious choice to I I am choosing to play video games and then you don't get lost in them for 12 hours because you're making a conscious choice to play them escaping. as soon as it stops being yeah you're not escaping as soon as you you stop consciously playing that's when you stop you catch yourself just doing it stop 
Oh, yeah. And what it is is you slip into autopilot. And the more you slip into autopilot, the more of a hollow, the more of an NPC, the more of a chihuahua. At that point, it's towards. degenerative rather than generative because this whole degenerate generative thing, it's a false dichotomy. Well, it's like sleep. Sleep is generative. But if you well, and then there's also semi hibernation, but that's like a right, specific but thing. But too much it, sleep is degenerative. Oh, yeah. not enough sleep is degenerative. Well, and your body will even tell you because you start getting bed sores, you start feeling ill, you start withering away. Well, and some people only need four hours of sleep. Eight hours of sleep is degenerative to them. Other people need 10 hours of sleep. Four hours of sleep is degenerative to them. You cannot average everyone out. It just life does not work. Well, it's that like way. body types, like with training people, you can't try for a specific body type i mean you can if you want but really i mean it can be forced but it's more work for some than others the best thing to do is eat and do things and your body will adapt to the thing that you're asking it to do well if you're lithe and quick like a wolf then work into being lithe and quick like a wolf if you're a a ball of meat a wrecking ball like a freaking wild mm -hmm. boar just charge just lean into that yeah same with if you're more like a bear, like just strong and a little bit more multi-talented, but not quite as quick, mm -hmm. not quite as wall of meat, then lean into that. Be the best version of yourself. That's the point of paganism is to be free, be strong, be an example, live life, truly live. Right. And by laughing and being able to be serious at the same time. So have fun, but have fun seriously. Yes. Stoicism and irreverence go hand in hand. And with that, I'm just going to say, understand that you hold a responsibility to all the people that belong within your overall group and that you need to, all of us, ourselves included, need to be exemplary because we are currently fighting a spiritual war. And that requires beacons of strength, courage, wisdom, nobility, valor, honor. All those things our people have valued. Lord keep her out. All right, yes, and I'm going to end with saying I'm proud of you guys for making it to the end. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to put a song at the end or not, but go ahead and check that out too. And by the way, send us money. All right, <laughs> see you guys next week.